Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning, February the 8th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular, uh, highly esteemed Tuesday morning guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Uh, as you know, if you were with us last Tuesday morning, uh, we uh, embarked on a three-week mission uh, prompted by uh, a listener letter uh, out of Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, who wanted to wanted us to discuss uh, some key talking points uh, about prophecy and evangelism, how to use our knowledge of Bible prophecy. Uh, as we evangelize lost souls, and uh, we thought it was such a great idea, we we took it right up, and we took that ball and, and really ran with it. So last week we did our first key talking point, and and uh, our first bullet point that is, and this week we're going to do uh, key talking points um, that uh, that we can use when dealing with unbelievers. Uh, to convey the seriousness uh, of the, the current world situation and the nearness of the tribulation uh, to what we're experiencing today. And uh, I can think of nobody better to, to kind of detail this and to talk about this than my friend and brother, uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson. So, J.B., welcome again this morning, sir. And I'm kind of excited to get into this topic. I've had many discussions and I'm sure you have with unbelievers concerning this very thing. So um, you, you have some vast and very rich experience. Uh, if you don't mind sharing that with us this morning, we would be greatly blessed. Well, Curtis, it's uh, always so encouraging to talk to you. You know, I wish every believer uh, could spend an hour talking to you once a week because you are so encouraging. <laughs> and I just always feel so uplifted. I, I could have had the worst week and I talk to you and you make me feel like uh, I'm on top of the world. So uh, thanks oh, for. I don't know what... <laughs> well, thank you, brother. I, I don't know what quite what to say. To well, that. no, I mean it. Thanks for your kind words. And uh, we sure appreciate you here at Not By Works. And, and I feel like it's a great opportunity to. Uh, uh, to just get the gospel out, and each week we we talk about great topics, and uh, I tell you, it's it's a highlight of my week. So thanks for for having me on, and yeah, today we're going to continue uh, taking the suggestion of that listener who wrote in and said, uh, "Hey, why don't you talk about Bible prophecy and evangelism? You know, how, why don't you uh, help yeah. us understand how we can take all of this information in God's Word about the end times." Uh, coupled with everything that's going on in the world that seems to be setting the stage for the end times, and use it uh, in conversations with people who don't know the Lord. And so right. uh, that's really what we, uh, we want to do. And this morning, as you kind of introduced a moment ago, uh, we're going to zero in specifically on uh, current events that clearly seem to be setting the stage uh, for the end times. And as we did last week, before we get into some practical suggestions uh, on how to start conversations with people that are unbelievers, uh, I want to give you some foundational information about what we mean when we talk about setting the stage. Um, so, of course, if you've been listening to uh, Not By Works uh, for very long at all, you've probably heard me talk about the fact that the rapture is the next great prophetic event uh, in God's timetable. 
and it's the next great prophetic event to which the world looks forward, but it's also imminent and signless. And that means that it could happen at any moment. Yes. There are no prophetic events or steps that have to come before the rapture. And so sure. we, we want to be careful in our terminology and not suggest that prophecies of Scripture are being fulfilled right now because the end times uh, or, or Bible prophecy, as we, as we sometimes call it, uh, will not begin to be fulfilled until the rapture. That's the first That's right. one. So right. but what we do see are uh, geopolitical events and different uh, things happening, uh, particularly in our country, but around the world, that are paving the way, uh, sort of setting the table for that kickoff event of the rapture. Mm -hmm. And there is biblical precedence for us as believers to keep our eye on those things and be aware. Uh, right. Jesus right. told the disciples in the first century, uh, he was kind of rebuking the Jewish leaders of his day, actually, who, of course, rejected the Messiah, even though he fulfilled many Old Testament prophecies, and they should have should have been a slam dunk. They should have easily recognized him as the son of David and the, the one who came to usher in the kingdom. But yes. uh, this was all part of God's timetable, of course, but humanly speaking, uh, they missed it. And so Jesus said, look, you know, you look up and you, you look at the clouds and you can discern the weather, but you can't uh, look at the signs of the times and, and figure this out. And so I think looking at the signs of the times is something that was important in Jesus' day, and it's just as important today. Um, moreover, we have some key passages in 1 John <clears throat> that I've talked a lot about, <clears throat> excuse me, in my uh, recent uh, studies and, and teaching uh, called Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. And right. by the way, that book, uh, volume one of that two-book series is almost complete. We hope to have it ready uh, at the online store and, and, and wherever books are sold uh, by April. Uh, so I'll, I'll have much more to say about that as we get a little bit closer, but really excited about how that's coming together. You know, the video series was fantastic and really, I think, uh, touched a lot of lives and it was kind of uh, really uh, helpful, I think, for people to see that series. It was 18 videos, 14 hours. But, you know, there's something about a book. You know, some people process things differently. And right. rather than sit and watch a video, uh, especially a series of that length, they like to sit and read it and underline mm -hmm. and digest. And so, plus yeah, uh, sure. this book series, where, uh, since it's coming along about a year after the videos, we've updated some things, added a bunch of new content, and uh, wow, it's, it's powerful. It's one of those uh, books that I think every believer needs to read uh, as we talk about the signs of the times. But uh, but that book is that series, Spirit of the Antichrist, and book is based upon the passage in 1 John 4, where John says uh, the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. Right. Fact, earlier in 1 John, that's 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, but in chapter 2 and verse 18, John said, Many Antichrists have already come, even though the Antichrist, capital A, right. is in the future. So what's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about in this present age, which the Bible refers to as the church, the church age, 
there, which is the final age or the last days prior to the coming of Christ, uh, the, and the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work uh, as Satan is preparing the way for his evil tyrant that he will uh, influence and uh, rule the world through for that future seven-year period that the Bible talks about called the tribulation. So obviously we're not in that tribulation period yet. Second no. Thessalonians 2 uh, tells us that uh, when the Antichrist comes, he will, uh, he will deceive the world. He will work all satanic powers and signs and wonders. But right now, uh, the Holy Spirit through the church is restraining uh, that evil so that it's not as bad as it could be. And so, I mean, that's pretty amazing when you think about how bad things are today. And I'm just speak, being honest with you. I mean, obviously, we don't want to be pessimistic because we know who wins in the end. But Amen. let's face it, this world is in dire straits. I mean, the depravity oh, of man yeah. is just off the charts, and we see things getting worse and worse, as 2 Timothy 3.13 tells us they will. But in spite of how bad it is now, uh, when the Antichrist takes over the world and institutes his tyrannical one world system, it's going to be a million times worse. So, oh, yeah. uh, but the point is the Bible tells us that the spirit of the antichrist is already at work. So, you know, it's very appropriate for us to kind of study end times prophecy, see what things are going to be like during the future events, like the tribulation. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when we see the behavior and, and activities of the future Antichrist as described in Scripture, we can take a look in the present day and say, do we see any of those activities and behaviors starting to happen or preparing the way today? And right. of course, the answer is a, a profound uh, yes. And a so, resounding yes, there's no yeah. doubt. I mean, there's so many things that, uh, you know, are, are just unprecedented in our day. Um, the, uh, if you look at some of the deception, that, of course, deception is Satan's MO, and Jesus warns that during that future tribulation period, uh, the nation of Israel needs to be on guard because it'll be the worst kind of deception ever, um, yeah. uh, ever seen on planet Earth. And uh, so, obviously, if it's going to be that bad then, and Paul says it's getting worse and worse, then we, we ought to see a lot of deception today. And we do. I mean, it is everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's getting to be where nothing is as it seems, and it's seldom about what it's about. I mean, yeah, always... we're, we're calling good evil and evil good. Yeah, and, and just the deception. I mean, people have no idea what's really going on, uh, in many cases, behind uh, the curtain. And of course, one of the biggest evidences of that, and this maybe might segue us into some topics, current events that uh, you know, demonstrate, as the listener had uh, suggested, you know, um, when she said, uh, you know, what are some talking points that convey the seriousness of the times and the nearness of the tribulation. Um, one of those is all of the censorship that's taking place. Now, oh yeah. censorship has been around for thousands of years, but not in this country. It's yeah, right. uh, relatively new, the blatant censorship that we see here. Now, what believers need to understand is that they've been censoring in, in social media and things like that, 
for some time, but it was more secretive. It was more behind the scenes. It was called uh, shadow banning. And right. for your listeners who may not know, shadow banning was when uh, they, if you search for something, uh, they've got algorithms behind the scenes set up so that it only returns certain results. You know, a lot sure. of people think if you type a search into Google, the results that you get are based upon the popularity or the, the mo- number of hits that that particular website gets. That's not true at all. Uh, they manipulate the data so that the results you get are only what they want you to see. Right. And if you want to try that out, just do a search for vaccines in uh, or vaccine dangers, that would be better, in Google, and you'll get nothing but page after page of you know, people of them calling anyone who thinks vaccines are dangerous conspiracy theorists, and there's nothing yeah. to see here. The vaccines are great, no worries, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But if you type the same search vaccine dangers into a search engine like DuckDuckGo, which is privately owned and not, uh, you know, under the thumb of the NSA, like Google and YouTube are, uh, you'll get a bunch of pages right off the bat of credentialed, legitimate, peer reviewed scientific medical journals that talk about how dangerous vaccines are. So you'll get the full picture, in other words. So that's called shadow banning. And they've been doing that for a long time. But what we saw over the last two years uh, is an absolute explicit blatant shift where, where they literally simply ban or take down any videos that are not uh, promoting the official uh, deceptive uh, line. Yeah, and that, and that's not something we're used to in this country. The, these are cathartic changes. I mean, you think it's okay to term them? Well, cathartic and is definitely they're definitely emotional and definitely, uh, you know, unsettling. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I remember the first. I've had I think last I counted, eight or nine videos banned from YouTube. Now. Let me explain for over a year now. Congratulations, JB. (laughs) Yeah, I I wear that as a badge of honor, right? Um, You should. I was dialoguing with my good friend, Dr. Andy Woods this week, and he had a a video ban and and, uh, we were just lamenting the fact that this this happens and how how we can't believe it. But I remember, so, so let me back up. So I think our listeners know for over a year now, since I first started getting censored on YouTube, I quit uploading stuff to YouTube. So- We don't use that for all of our current stuff over the last year. The best way to find any resources, whether it's videos, podcasts, articles, anything that Not By Works produces, all of our free stuff and, and our online uh, store is to go to our website, notbyworks.org. And we yeah. use a different video uh, platform uh, that instead of YouTube because we kept getting stuff uh, banned. And uh, so, but our, our YouTube channel is still up uh, because uh, I've not had, even though I've had a bunch of stuff banned, I've not had more than three videos banned in a 90 day period. And once you have that happen, then they ban your channel and take you down and you're done. Um, now, because we have, you know, wow. hundreds upon hundreds of videos up going back many, many years, and most of them are just great gospel discussions and helpful tools for evangelism and helping to spread the gospel. You know, I really don't want my channel to be taken down because as bad as YouTube is, people want, people go there. And so Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's an outlet for the gospel. So, so what we've decided to do is to not post any new stuff, but hopefully still 
you know, have the channel out there and available. Um, but here's the interesting thing. Even though we haven't posted anything in over a year, we're still getting stuff banned. They're, they're going back way into the archives and finding some comment I made. And it's all, it's not done by human beings. It's all computer AI and algorithms. Yeah. Um, and, and I got one just two, uh, yeah, less than two weeks ago. Uh, Cause I remember telling Andy last week when he emailed me, yeah, just last week I had this, but I got an email out of the blue and they had banned one that had been posted for, you know, eight months or more uh, a long time ago. Uh, and, and all of a sudden it gets banned. So, you know, we, we, I remember the first time I ever had a video banned. I, I it was very troubling to me. Uh, yeah. I can't really describe the feeling of, wow, this is, it's like I'm living in China or Russia. Mm -hmm. And uh, it took me a, a few days to kind of get my bearings. And of course, the, my natural instincts were to, you know, fire off an email to YouTube and respond and defend my, but I realized, well, you're never going to, you're never going to do that. It's, it's a losing <laughs> battle. So, yeah. so, but this is a perfect example of an unprecedented in our 246 year history as a supposedly free nation uh, example of something that has happened and mm -hmm. it should be troubling to everyone. And so I think a good uh, topic to start a discussion with, because these days everybody knows about it. It's called the cancel culture. My friend, David Fiorazzo wrote a book about it just recently. And uh, it's, you know, you're hearing about it even in the mainstream controlled media. Um, yeah. So if you talk about, Hey, did you know, you know, I had a video ban on YouTube. Can you imagine that? And most of the time people will be like, well, that's weird. Why, why would they ban you? Because, you know, you're not, I'm not famous. I'm not some big guy getting millions of, you know, viral hits. I'm just a guy trying to preach the gospel. And, and I think that's going to get people's attention. And then you can segue from that into, but you know what? The Bible tells us that in the last days, perilous times will come. And that we're going to see this deception getting worse and worse. And it also gives you an opportunity, kind of like we talked about last week, to frame the discussion within the broader perspective of this, you know, evil cabal that's out there, according to Scripture, the Luciferian conspiracy trying to take over the world. David talked about it a thousand years before Christ in Psalm 2. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can say, yeah, you know, this just shows you that there's some people kind of behind the scenes that are, are really trying to stifle truth. Yeah. And then you can go from that into, you know, uh, you know, one of the things Jesus said was that he is the way, the truth and the life. And by stifling truth, they're essentially trying to stifle Jesus, you know? That's right. That's uh, right. So, you know, there's, there's each situation, like we talked about last week is unique and you've got to be sensitive to, who you're talking to and kind of go where the conversation leads. But it seems to me it would be very easy to use uh, censorship and the cancel culture uh, to, as a, a great talking point to show that, you know, this is where we're headed. Uh, you know, when the Antichrist takes control uh, in the seven-year tribulation period, it is going to be a, glo a complete global lockdown, a complete oh, prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. 
I mean, it's 24 seven global surveillance. You're not going to be able to, now we won't, I say you're the people that are alive at that time. We won't be here for that aspect of it. But then again, you know, as I talk about in the book, maybe we will. I mean, there's, we, we know biblically the Antichrist is going to take over the one world system after the rapture, right. but there's nothing that says we might not already be in the one world system even before the rapture. Well, I think so, we probably are uh, in, the, in the beginning throes of one world government right now. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a, it's a de facto one world system already, but, uh, but for those alive on earth during the, the Antichrist's reign of terror, it is, because we have this description clearly laid out in Scripture, a, a, a total global domination lockdown surveillance grid. You're not going to be able to buy or sell. You're not going to be able to function. Uh, you're going to be marked, uh, you know, and completely tracked, you know, from everything uh, that you do. And uh, it, it's just going to be, uh, uh, you know, something that the likes of which we've never seen. And here's the point. We're already seeing that. We're and this is, seeing, yeah, we are. The yeah, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's all around us. And, you know, the cancel culture is just, you know, one more uh, example of, of that, of how they are controlling us. And it, it's a really, it's a helpless feeling. Again, going back to kind of how I felt when that, when that first happened, it's, uh, it's just, you just feel so helpless because, sure. I mean, in, intellectually, you understand that YouTube's a private company. But why, why would they ban someone like me? You know, what is so threatening to them uh, that they, you know, they feel like they can't let this information get out there. It seems to me they, the more people they get watching, the better they don't, why do they care what the content's about? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it'd be different if they had a responsibility to save lives as someone of is posting a video about you know how to kill people and how to set off bombs as a terrorist and how to make well, well they'll let that stuff go yeah that, <laughs> that's funny yeah that, i mean it's not funny it's it's sad but you're exactly right all the stuff by you know blm and antifa you know they they have no problems uh yeah that's fair game yeah go ahead you, you guys can say that but if you yeah. tell people, uh, you tell the world that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him, you are, a, you, wow, you're, yeah. they'll ban you right now. Yeah. But, you know, again, going back to, you know, current events and evangelism, you know, we can show people that this has been what the Luciferians have been planning uh, all along. So big new Brzezinski, some people may know that name. He was a key, you know, Luciferian globalist, really top near the top of the Luciferian yes. conspiracy. Uh, he worked in both Republican and Democrat administrations, worked for LBJ, for Carter, for Reagan. Uh, that's, by the way, one indication of the false left-right paradigm is that you see these same names, you know, like Kissinger and oh uh, Rockefeller. Oh they come up on both sides of the aisle, but uh, Brzezinski Ross was a big child. one. He died in 2017, but, you know, yeah. decades ago, uh, yeah. he was talking about the technotronic era, which, oh, yeah. which he said would involve the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. And this is his words, that uh, yeah. this society would be dominated by a group of elites unrestrained by 
traditional values. And he's talking there yeah. about traditional values of freedom. Um, yeah, that's so. exactly what he was talking about. And, you know, the interesting thing is that that type of influence doesn't just die off when he dies yeah. because his daughter works for CNN or yes. MSNBC. I think she's worked for both. Yeah. Mika, you're... Mika Brzezinski. <laughs> Yep. How does that happen? You know? Well, yeah. How? Yeah. <laughs> I think we know. Yeah. You know, the, the beautiful thing about this, if there is a beautiful thing about what's going on, is that the harder they try to suppress uh, the gospel, uh, the harder they try to suppress any truth, uh, the more people begin to realize how interconnected this whole cabal global globalist driven idea is yeah everything they do can become an introduction to the gospel believe it or not i mean it, it, it's it's just amazing they they think they're doing it the right way they're just giving us more ammo yeah i mean the fact is truth ultimately can never be suppressed it might be, you know, tied down for a little while, but it wins sure. in the end. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, but you're right. It actually it has a, the opposite effect in some cases. You see this widening gap. On the one hand, deception and all of the suppression of the truth definitely is blinding people and it's, it's getting, it's yes. deceiving people, which is their goal. You know, the devil is a liar and that's everything he speaks is a lie, Jesus tells us in John 8, 44. Um, right. But at the other end of the extreme, you've got some people who, who look at that and they may not be believers, but they go, wait a minute, what, what are they trying to hide? You know, yeah. if, if their arguments could stand on their own, they wouldn't have to ban and suppress preaching messages like what I put out there. Absolutely um, correct. Uh, that just, just, you know, win the argument on its merits, you know? Yeah. Suppression or censorship is always an attempt to hide the truth every oh, time. There's yep. no valid reason for censorship. You know, <laughs> um, it's uh, if you're going to censor something, it's because you're trying to hide uh, the truth. And so that is correct. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think this is this the uh, it's really a great point to think about how current events uh, can you know lead people to begin thinking beyond themselves and beyond what they see and feel and touch and and start thinking about spiritual matters uh going back to brzezinski he, he said after talking about the gradual appearance of a more controlled society he said mm -hmm. soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen and maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about that citizen wow. so, this has been their plan all along. Uh, and, you know, now we see it uh, happening. I mean, every generation tends to have this sort of sky is falling mentality and outlook. But I mean, I'm here to tell you the sky really is falling. I mean, it is, you yes. know, you think about yeah. censorship and you think about fake elections, stolen elections, times when votes don't count. Uh, when you think about legalizing immoral things, I mean, of course, abortion has been, quote unquote, legal since 73. But of course, there were more abortions performed before 73 
you know, going all the way back to the eugenics and, you know, era uh, and so forth, trying to get rid of the feeble minded. Uh, they just couldn't call it eugenics anymore after World War II because uh, Hitler uh, really showed the world what the eugenics programs really look like uh, if you take them to their extreme. And, yeah. but, but we were doing eugenics in America in the first half of this century like crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Eugenics offices, we were killing and sterilizing people right and left. But yep. uh, eugenics kind of had a got a bad name, and so they just simply kept doing it, but changed the name to family planning or Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, yeah. So, but in any event, you know, you know, we've certainly been, you know, attacking a life and all that since 1973 when it became legal. But you know what we see happening now is is just it's it's hard to even fathom that we would be in a place where men are dressing up like women and competing in women's sports in the Olympics and breaking records. Well, yeah, of course they are, you know, or, you know, or people are saying I'm not a male and I'm not a female. Yeah. Our are biology, you? our biology is not who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are fundamental attacks on the very image of God and man. Yeah. And so I just, uh, I find it, uh, you know, again, that the sky really is falling. It can't be much longer, it seems, before uh, the Lord says enough is enough. I mean, you know, you know, I, think, I think you're right, JB. You know, and I've got another example of what you just said uh, regarding an attack on, on God. Uh, I just saw a video clip. Uh, now, you, you've mentioned Klaus Schwab in some of your studies yeah. uh, here recently, um, and uh, he, he is an intrig integral character in, in involved in what's going on right now, this push for the Great Reset. Uh, he's got a spiritual advisor. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what his name is? Um, I'll recognize it. Uh... Yuval Harari. Oh, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Yuval Harari. And I just saw a video clip where Dr. Yuval Harari said, you know, there's this, uh, there's been this thought for uh, hundreds of thousands, you know, hundred, hundreds or thousands of years now that man had a soul and, and, uh, and free will. He said, but with the introduction of the new technologies we plan to introduce, man is really nothing more than a hackable animal that we can that we can control um, so the thoughts that we've always had that uh, nobody knows what's going on inside me uh the things that i choose from who i vote for for president to what i decide to get at the supermarket that uh, are a matter of free will he said free will is over yeah those were the words he used free will is over that's an attack on god yeah, so he Klaus Schwab, uh, and you're right, we talk about him extensively in, in part one of What in the World's Going On, which we did last summer, and we're going to be dealing, have a whole chapter on him in, in volume two of Spirit of the Antichrist, but it, it, you know, he has been attacking the nature of humanity uh, forever, and, and I don't yeah. know who's influencing who, whether his spiritual advisor is influencing him or he's simply influencing his uh, spiritual advisor, but you know, they have, you know, been talking about how we need to rethink 
what it means to be human and it's mm. called transhumanism yeah. um you know he said um the mind-boggling innovations triggered by the fourth industrial revolution that's that's his big uh deal this whole idea of build back better the great reset the fourth sure. ir he yeah. says from biotechnology to ai we are redefining what it means to be human quote unquote he says our challenge in the future uh, or the future will challenge our understanding of what it means to be human, quote. Unquote. And by the way, he says that from both a biological and social standpoint. So, right. we, you know, that's what I mean about these attacks uh, on the image of God and man. And, you know, people, I know we're getting a little uh, off topic necessarily here, but, you know, people need to understand what we mean by the image of God and man. It's one of those key theological principles that, you know, often people say the phrase and talk about, but they really, they really don't, you know, know what they mean, uh, you know, by that uh, image of God. And man, in, in the, the old uh, uh, the Roman days, they call it the Imago Dei in, in the, uh, you know, throughout church history, the early church fathers, the Imago Dei, it's a key principle. But what we mean by that is that mankind is the highest pinnacle of creation, that God is, we are the only, everything in the universe is created. God, the eternal God is the only thing that's eternal. Uh, everything else is created, including time itself, time, space, and matter. But of all the created aspects of the universe, mankind, humans, are the only ones uh, to whom God said, you're made in my image. And what he meant by that is that there are certain uh, eternal attributes of God that have a corresponding attribute in man. Now, it's not the same thing. He wasn't saying that man is God right. uh, or mankind is little gods. Some people have misunderstood it. What he's saying is that God, and this is Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God when he fashioned man, he had an image in mind, a pattern, a blueprint that was unlike the blueprint for any other created thing. Right. And he made us according to that predetermined blueprint. And the image of God in man means things like, whereas God is sovereign, you know, that mankind has volition and free will. And that's the first and foremost on the list of the image of God and man. Uh, you know, no other created being has a free will. A, a tree, I'm looking out in my property here. We live out in the forest. And, you know, all those tall pines that I have out there, they don't have a choice to decide one day, you know what, I think I'm going to just take a walk. Yeah, I'm going to, you know what, I'd rather be on that hill over there than yeah, yeah. in JB's front yard. Yeah. No, absolutely powerless. No free yeah. will. Mankind has that volition, that free will. Yeah. God is righteous, and mankind has a corresponding morality. Paul talks about this in Romans 1 and 2, the conscience of man. Mm -hmm. God is just, and mankind has an innate sense of justice. <laughs> now, that's all, all of these, uh, you know, attributes have become corrupted because of the fall of man, and after 6,000 years of human history, they're really distorted and really twisted. Yeah. Uh, so again, justice today is, is a far cry from what justice you know is with god um but anyway so when klaus schwab as you mentioned you know talks about we're going to 
we we're going to create man with no free will <laughs> he, he sees us all as just a bunch of useless breathers little yeah. worker bees who are here to do what we're told and only the elite the initiated they call it uh the upper echelons of the luciferians are available are, are, are the ones that have true free will and, and are the ones that are going to rule the world so wow yeah so, i mean it you know, they view us as, as um, um automat automatons if, if you will yeah uh, yeah something they can they can program and control here's another quote of his uh he, he said quote Already advances in neurotechnologies and biotechnologies are forcing us to question what it means to be human. Yeah. I've yeah. read that quote, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this is all in plain sight. And I think everybody, even, you know, unbelievers who've not studied this stuff, or believers for that matter, but we're talking about evangel evangelizing unbelievers, they know the name Klaus Schwab. They know the sure. Great Reset. They know sure. World Economic Forum. And so... When you begin to discuss these things in using Klaus Schwab's own words, it's going to get people's attention. And it, it is, yeah. You know, one of the uh, one of the things that the uh, listener who prompted us to kind of talk about Bible prophecy and evangelism said was, she says, you know, we want to convey the nearness of the tribulation, yeah. and not to put words in her mouth, but I think. What we're really getting at there is the urgency of the hour. Absolutely. And, and you know, one of our passions at Not by Works Ministry is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. And I, I think I've mentioned uh, before that, or you know, about 15 years ago or so, when we really started getting into a lot of prophecy conferences, which Bible prophecy, eschatology, they call, has always been a passion of mine, my whole life. I, the two greatest driving theological passions of my life are soteriology, which is the doctrine of salvation, and eschatology, the doctrine of the end time. So it's nothing new, but uh, whereas the first part of my ministry, we've, I've been in ministry 32 years now, was primarily focused on, you know, the gospel and the clarity of the gospel, and my early books were about that. Uh, in the last 15 years or so, we've just seemed to have done a whole lot more prophecy conferences mm -hmm. than anything else. And I had someone ask me one time early on, when we were kind of doing more of that, you know, hey, JB, I thought Not By Works was all about, you know, the gospel. And what are you doing speaking at these, you know, prophecy conferences? And I, I looked at them, just, I was so puzzled at the question. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, our driving passion is the urgency of the gospel. And what better context to talk about urgency than the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Right. I mean, it's going to happen right. in a twinkling of an eye. We don't know when it's going to happen. And, and right. you know, we want to get people the opportunity to hear and believe the gospel. So to me, it, it fits like a glove. Um, but so when she, when we were talking here about the urgency, uh, I think things like these developments with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, that creates urgency. What uh, about, what about this, uh, this possible uh, develop developing war on on the Ukrainian border with Russia, and how about China siding with Russia uh, against the U.S.? That's in the headlines this very morning. Yes, and, and yeah, and I talking point. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, I want to I want to come back to that here in a second. But also, how about North Korea 
siding with uh, China about Taiwan. Yo, boy. You saw that. It, the, the, sure North did. Korea says if, if the U.S. comes to the military defense of Taiwan when China invades Taiwan, North Korea will launch nuclear, says they'll launch nuclear attacks against our troops across the world. That's right. So, that's what, but, that's but what they that, so The Ukrainian thing, I, I was reading a, a WAPO article, Washington Post, not that they're a bastion of truth and accurate information, but uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you got you to do opposition research and read the enemy sometimes. And so yeah, um, yes, you do. <laughs> I was reading a Washington Post article and it, it actually talked about that this uh, developing war, which could happen literally at any moment, could happen today, yeah. uh, will be the greatest military or largest, but that is military engagement on the planet since World War II. Yeah, oh yeah. So that's that's huge, uh, <clears throat> and of course there are all kinds of prophetic implications of that. Uh, oh, we boy. know that uh, a, a nation uh, from the the north, Gog uh, and Magog, Gog the leader from the land of Magog, will yeah. come against Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, after the rapture, and I believe that's going to kind of help the Antichrist. That whole battle is going to help the Antichrist. Uh, rise to world popularity and notoriety, and that's what's going to propel him into the seat of the ruler of the world. Um, I talk about this in my uh, book, What Lies Ahead, the uh, biblical overview of the end times, and I kind of sketch out how I connect the dots from Daniel and Ezekiel and see how this all comes together. But uh, So again, we're not suggesting that the rapture is going to happen tomorrow. We're not setting dates, but we are saying here's what the Bible says, here's what we see happening, could this be setting the stage for what the Bible says? Yeah, almost yeah. everything in the headlines now can become a key talking point uh, in a conversation with an unbeliever about Bible prophecy and, and the nearness of the tribulation. Almost everything can yeah. be used that way. Yeah, I mean, they're setting up the stage for globalism. Globalism has been a, a key catchphrase for a couple decades now, really long before that behind the scenes, but in the mainstream, it's been a key thing. You have all these summits, the, you know, the G12 and the G this and the G that's all globalism, right? Uh, Then you have, so then you have talk of an economic collapse and the need for a one world currency. And then you have the, excuse me, the Pope out there hobnobbing with uh, Muslim clerics talking about the need for a one world religion. Oh my goodness. His latest book actually talks about that. Most Catholics have no idea. Um, and so you see, you know, all of you exactly right. Every headline is, has a direct connection to what, uh, God's word says, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting and it shouldn't surprise us, but the creator of the universe really does know what's what's going on. And he really does have a plan of the ages and it really oh, is oh, going absolutely. to unfold exactly like he said it will. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it occurs to me too, you know, JB, that whatever, whoever you are talking to or in regards to unbelievers, if you're talking to an, uh, an, uh, a professor of economics at Harvard, you can introduce the nearness of the tribulation uh, to him using his using his area of interest. Yeah, uh, you know, if, if you're talking to a geologist, you can you can introduce it 
using his, their area of interest. How about how about a psychologist? Anybody that you're talking to that's an unbeliever, you can pretty much use their area of interest, link it up with a current event, and introduce to them the concept of the rapture and the nearness of the tribulation and why it's so important to believe in Jesus Christ today. Yeah. Don't wait. Yeah, today's the day of salvation. And of course, if you haven't listened to last week's uh, Christian Underground News Network on Tuesday of last week, uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because we talk a lot about the clarity and accuracy. Uh, it's one thing to, to have some common ground and have some talking points that will get into a discussion, but you don't want to fumble the ball when you actually get to the gospel. So right. I encourage you to go back and check on that. But yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, even like technologists and computer experts and sure. people, programmers, you know, they're yeah, IT people. Yeah. Yeah. IT people, a great uh, entree for talking about all this because oh, they understand surveillance and they, you know, they are, we're kind of following the stories of, you know, Edward, Edward Snowden or Julian Assange. And, <clears throat> and now, you know, in the NSA email leaks and, you know, all of that. And so yeah, now and they, they understand biochip implantation and things of that nature, what it's to be used for. Yeah, yeah. they do. And, you know, one of the things that I'm talking about in this book, the Spirit of the Antichrist book that we didn't get into in much detail in the video series uh, is uh, how the Luciferians have a, a credo uh, where they like to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. And it's oh, yeah. usually very subtle and hidden and sort of coded. And you never know, you never realize it until after it happens. But uh, I've studied that a lot. And I give, I'm going to give several examples in the book. Uh, I do give several examples in the book. So, you know, but one of the things that struck me is we watched recently the, the uh, 2015 James Bond film called Spectre. And um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, but that I was have. 2015. And, you know, I kid you not, it had, <laughs> it had, it was like I was reading a script of all that is, you know, happening in our world today. I mean, literally it talked about yeah. a secret cabal that is yes. ruling the world from behind the scenes. And what are they doing specifically? Well, they literally in the, in the movie, the plot is they're controlling the pharmaceutical companies to Oops. give out bad viruses or bad uh, injections and kill people, bad Oops. medicines. They talk about uh, managing a global sex trafficking ring. Oops. Uh, and I mean, what, what have we seen been exposed in the last couple of years with the whole Jeffrey Epstein, Pizzagate, all that stuff. And then yeah. here's the one that really, you know, when you mentioned nanobi nanotechnologies that uh, really reminded me of this movie plot, but they literally talk about what they call smart blood. And in yeah. fact, in the movie, 007 is actually injected with a nanoparticle, uh, you know, pro basically computer chip yeah. in his blood and turns yeah. his blood into smart blood so they can track his biometrics anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world at any time. And that was 2015. And then who yeah. would have thought that five years later we'd be talking about mRNA and DNA technology and mandated injections worldwide? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, that's another good talking point that, you know, for some people, uh, they may not necessarily be IT experts, but they watch movies. You sure. can say, you know, hey, do you know that most of the time art imitates life? And if you watched Spectre, you let me tell you, 
here's what's coming down the pike, you know. That's right. That's right. Uh, there, there brings to mind another example. If you're going to if you're going to use Hollywood people that love movies and, you know, they're movie buffs. Uh, if you've ever seen one called The Road with uh, what's his name? Viggo Mortensen. Uh, check that out. That's I haven't. Tell me about it. Oh, you got to see it. <laughs> I don't want to really want to ruin it for you, but uh, it is a a post nuclear dystopian kind of existence. Uh, it, it shows the, the beginning of the movie shows the gradual deterioration of the human race and what it's become and what the earth has become and and whatnot. And uh, it, it shows it's, it's a post apocalyptic world on earth. And there are very few people left alive. The ones that are left alive, uh, you know, are forced to survive in some rather unique ways. But but these are things that that I mean, we we know it's going to be bad in the tribulation. Right, JB? I mean, but we I don't think we really know. There's no way we can picture right now just how bad it's going to be. We can only imagine. And movies like this, it can introduce that mindset to somebody and can make them more receptive to hearing the gospel. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is you have to find topics that will be intriguing to them so that people don't shut down. There's a lot of times if you come on too strong and like, if you were just to say, Hey, did you know there's a Luciferian cabal that's working behind the scenes to take over the world? (laughs) They're going to go, Oh yeah. They're going to tune you out, you know, but if you start talking about some of these things and even if, it takes them a while to process and make connect the dots. It's going to get their attention. Like another example of uh, of where the Luciferians uh, had you know prior revelation you know before something happened. And in fact, it's, I think one of the most stunning examples of it is the pilot episode of a, a Fox a TV series called The Lone Gunman. And uh, you may have seen this, but it was a spinoff of the X Files. Uh, and in fact, it had. Yeah. Yeah, had yeah. three of the same characters from the X Files that were that were the lone gunman. This this yes. threesome, and uh, it aired in two thousand and one, six months before uh, the events of nine eleventh of September eleventh two thousand and one, and the it only had thirteen episodes, and then it quit. Uh, it, it you know uh, was it not, got canceled. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the first episode, which was called Pilot is all about terrorists hijacking a commercial airliner via remote control and hijack and, and flying that plane into the World Trade Center towers. Well, I'll be doggone. Now what's what now the reason I bring this up is that what's really interesting, and this is I think would be a great talking point for someone that you're trying to get thinking about the urgency of the hour and the nearness of the tribulation, is if anybody remembers in the aftermath of 9-11, several government leaders including President George W. Bush, uh, Condoleezza Rice, who was the National Security Advisor at the time, Colin Powell, who was the Secretary of State, they all parroted the same refrain, quote, no one could have ever predicted that terrorists would hijack commercial airlines and hide them in the World Trade Center. Well, apparently Bush, Rice, and Powell didn't watch much television because the creators of the lone gunman certainly predicted it. Right, talk to the TV producers, yeah. yeah. So it, you know, but most people hear that and they think, yeah, boy, we never saw that coming. And they kind of give a pass. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, the details of 9-11 and, and, and who's responsible. And all that. I'm just saying, here's a, here's national figures saying one thing, 
which mm -hmm. is patently provably false that it right. absolutely was in the mainstream consciousness it was part of all of our intelligence agencies it was on their radar that yeah this is something terrorists uh, could do so yeah, you know uh, these are great you know ways to sort of get people thinking but don't forget you always want to bring it back to the gospel and, and, a, and a great way to do that like we talked about last week is by asking questions you know sure uh, what do you think about this and what you know wow can you believe this and get them talking and then play off of I don't mean play off of, but respond to what they say. Sure. To show that you're listening, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can direct the conversation without being obvious about it, yeah. uh, especially if they're interested. And, and I think that's what, uh, what our listener, Dana, is, is getting at, is how can we use other people's interests to convey the seriousness of what's going on? And yeah. there's so many different ways to do it. If you can figure out or, or find out from that individual what they do for a living, maybe you already know. Uh, maybe they give you a clue without you asking. You have to be, you have to be a good listener as well. Yeah, as, I mean, here's... As somebody who can speak well. Yeah, here's another simple one, and, and it goes back to you know, economics. If, if people start talking about finances or debt or struggles or you know, anything related to finances, mm -hmm. you can pull out one of your you know, dollar bills or $5 bill or $20 bill. And you say, hey, have you ever noticed that it says right here on our currency, uh, Federal Reserve note? Yeah. And uh, did you realize that the government doesn't print its own money, that a privately sure. owned company called the Federal Reserve, which is privately owned by six families, yeah. they print the money and they charge us interest once they give it to us. That's so each right. one of these little pieces of paper here is a debt instrument. That's and right. uh, at some point, you know, you're going to, uh, all of this money is not going to be worth the paper it's written on. And, you know, if uh, the Lord comes back and the Antichrist takes the throne, uh, he's going to require everybody to have this mark to be able to buy and sell. And so right. there you go, right there. Everybody understands money. And, and, yeah. and now they're going to, they're going to have something to think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways to do it. So many. Well, next week, uh, we're going to kind of close out this three-part discussion and uh, talk about, again, more about the urgency of the gospel in a, a non-confrontational way that you can basically try to explain to people, look, if you don't believe the gospel today, if you don't place your faith in Jesus Christ who died and rose again for your sins, then you're going you're gonna to be on the earth during the most horrific time in human history and you're going to have to endure that and you know if 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 you think it's you know hard you know to believe the gospel today uh, just wait until satan is ruling the world through the antichrist so yeah. we're going to talk about loving ways to really gently warn people that now as you said a moment ago curtis now is the time today is the day of salvation amen amen jb amen it's it's never been more important, I don't think. I, um, uh, I wake up every day and thank the Lord for another day of life, but I also uh, thank him for his promise of, of coming back. And, I, and I, he knows my heart on this. Uh, it, 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 really wouldn't, it really wouldn't upset me a whole lot if he came back today. Yeah. And uh, you, know, I, I, you know what I mean. And, 
I do. I, I actually, if I can interject, I know we're wrapping up here, but I, I mentioned this yeah. Sunday from the pulpit in my, uh, uh, I think, I can't remember if it was my nine o'clock Bible study on the second coming, but, or could have been the 10 o'clock. But in any event, I talked about a fellow that's right there in central Illinois that was, uh, I was really uh, close to, used to meet regularly with. He was an older gentleman. He was, he came to that uh, Tuesday night or Monday night Bible prophecy meeting that we had, what, what Pastor Dick used to come to. And this yeah. guy was, uh, He's in his 80s now, so he was probably back then in his 70s, and and I was younger then. I'm 53, so I was in my 40s back then, still kind of thinking I can conquer the world. But this guy was such a great man of God and believer. Every time we met, he would tears would well up in his eyes, and he would talk about how much he wished the rapture would happen today. And <laughs> yeah. his wife was ill; she's since gone on to be with the Lord, and how he would just yeah plead for the Lord to come back. And I remember thinking, you know, yeah, I, I believe in the rapture and it's a blessed hope and I can't wait for it too. But you know, I, I got a lot of living left to do and I got a lot of things I want to do to change the world. And, and it just wasn't as urgent for me as it was for him. But now, the older I get, Curtis, I'm finding myself understanding that mentality a lot more. Amen. Me too, brother. I, I, I'm too. like, come Lord Jesus, you know. <laughs> Sometimes my right knee reminds me to, to thank him and that, hey, you know what? You've redeemed me. You you paid the price. I'm yours. And, and you can have this knee too. <laughs> I know you're going to fix it for me. So come on back, <laughs> would you please? Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't mean to be, uh, uh, you know, I'm not taking a trivial attitude or, uh, you know, anything like that. I, I, I really mean it. I, I can hardly wait. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to it. I really, truly do. Amen. Anytime, brother. Anytime now. Yeah. And, and, and the time is getting short, so uh, we we do need to be, uh, as our listener has said. Uh, we need to be acutely aware that people need the gospel now more than ever, especially because the time is short and uh, there's going to be a night coming when no man can work. That means we can't work toward that end. Yeah. We can't work to evangelize anymore. Uh, so that, and that's coming soon. So uh, it, it is high time we get serious about it as Christians and, and, uh, May, may I quote the Lord Jesus Christ? I wish you would, Pastor. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Right. Night cometh when no man can work. That's right. That's Amen. right. Yeah. yeah that, that time is at hand now. So the, this topic and what we're talking about is very important. And, and JB, uh, I really want to thank you again and uh, for, for being with us to discuss this this very important subject and and uh well i'll tell you what we'll want to convey to you once again what a blessing you are to us and yeah, and this ministry and uh and uh, what a blessing you are to our listeners we we know that uh, that there are some people that that listen avidly and uh they they are literally listening the moment we we release new new episodes i I see evidence of it every time we do this. Yeah. So uh, they're waiting for it. They're hungry for it. And a lot of them are unbelievers in a lost and dying world. They're ready to. They're hungry too. Yeah. And that's something that we can't forget. There's a lot of them that are. Yes, a lot of them will reject. 
but a lot of them will accept. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. And we, we don't know what they'll do until we talk to them about it. So thank you for being with us and discussing this once again. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to next week also, brother. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Now, now, you know, I, I don't, our personalities are the same in, in some ways, but probably different in others. I'm kind of more, I'm kind of more of a, I can be a confrontational guy. Um, I don't mind a debate. And I, if it's robust, I'm great with that. Uh, you know, I can still do it in a loving manner, but I'm, you know, I don't mind getting, getting into it. Uh, but yes, that we, we, we have to, we have to uh, kind of be aware of taking a loving approach yeah. and then uh, make sure it stays that way. Uh, so people are more receptive. And we're going to talk about that next week. Well, you know, Curtis, I've always said that with my looks and my brains, you and I make a good team. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> now, for our, for our listeners, you know, uh, I want you to know that JB really means that, too. Uh, <laughs> he about choked on his coffee there, Dad. You should have said that. <laughs> but listen, before we go, in all seriousness now, uh, I want to remind our listeners that uh, if they enjoy this kind of witty repartee uh, from JB, and then uh, you, you can get more of it, all you got to do is go to notbyworks.org and stream his uh, church services on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Uh, Mountain Time, and also on Wednesday nights, uh, direct from uh, Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, uh, Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and uh, you can get a lot more of this if you, it's, it's out there. Uh, so so tune in and listen, and be sure to be with us on Saturday mornings and Saturday evenings when we have Pastor Dick in the morning and, and Lucas Doremus in the evening. My goodness, and, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'd like to get some feedback on this. I've been thinking about adding an extra segment to the show. Um, that might deal a little more with current events and uh, and how they relate to Bible prophecy. And uh, I've been thinking about this for a couple of months and I've been praying about it. Uh, so if I mean, maybe we can get some feedback on this, JB. What do you think? Well, I think you're going to be flooded with emails of people saying, let's go for it, because there's a real appetite for that right now. I think there is, uh, and again, I, I've still got some praying to do on it, and, and but we'll see what happens. Um, if you if you want to give us some feedback on that, let us know what you think. Um, you can go to uh, our website, which is uh, whatsaysthescripture.com. Uh, we have a contact link on there. You can let us know, or maybe you can get a hold of JB. Give him some ideas on what you think of that uh, uh, possibility. And uh, we, we appreciate all your feedback. Yeah. And we appreciate you being with us today and listening. So with that being said, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off until Saturday morning when Pastor Dick with, will be talking with us about uh, a one-word topical subject. Uh, and I think it's going to be better. That's right. Better. We're going to be talking about better.
<laughs> I'll bet you we'll be at Hebrews for part of that, won't we? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, good. I can hardly wait. But listen, JB, thanks once again. And uh, I just want to remind our listeners that we love them. And, uh, and we always pray that they're blessed by what they hear. And uh, I, I know I was today. So thank you once again, my dear brother. My pleasure. All right. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until Saturday morning. Until then, may God bless and keep you. We'll see you soon.